but you know, when one door closes, another one opens, I soon jumped into real estate, became an agent 2007, my mission changed. And then I was a changed trajectory from like hockey was everything to, okay, now I can focus hundred percent of my, my focus over this way. And that was, that was like encouraging. And there's this flush of like energy going towards that, which, you know, really helped catapult through the early struggle phase. And, and so for me, it's not about having a hundred different businesses. It's about having like a few really solid ones. We created something that, that we can be proud of, something that really made an impact. You need very clear coordinates of where you're going um, from like a specific goal standpoint to plug in the GPS. Otherwise you can be motivated, but you're going round and round in circles. Goal setting is a winning strategy and it actually works. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I am your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine. He's a fellow Christian, and he is someone with one of the most inspiring stories of going from having dreams dashed in one area to dreams soared and fulfilled by the grace of God in another. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Mark Ferris. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, Nikki. Great to be here. Great to have you here, my man. It's uh, great to begin the new year with such a powerful interview. So let's get right to it. Listen, the people that listen to this show are folks a lot like you and I. They're entrepreneurs. They're heart-driven. They want to make a difference in the world. And they come on this show because, not because of me, because I'm here every week. They're here because of you. They want to get to know you. They want to learn from you. They want to know what is it that makes you tick and how is it that you got to be the great Mark Ferris. So tell us your backstory. All right. Well, I uh, started out as a as a hockey player, and uh, that's what I did my whole life growing up. So from shooting pucks in the barn to to grow up on a farm there, right? So I was in hockey, played a couple of seasons over in Sweden, Um and then finished up down in the States, was recently married, was put on waivers, walked in one day and my stuff was in a garbage bag, uh, all my equipment. And uh, I had two tickets uh, for myself and my newly wed wife to back to Buffalo. It wasn't even to Toronto from from Texas. It was in Buffalo because it was, uh, it was a little bit more cost effective for the team to fly me to Buffalo than to Toronto. <laughs> To Toronto, so that was a good rude awakening there. But you know, when one door closes, another one opens. I soon jumped into real estate, became an agent, two thousand seven. Early struggle, uh, you know, at the beginning, it was really first six months was we'll just say it was it was brutal, yeah, brutal as in the sense of from a financial standpoint, we put it all on the line. Uh, picked up this book, Think and Grow Rich, talked about setting goals. And, um, you know, going after them, getting very specific and setting up a goal card and, and going after it. So we did 
set a goal of 40 sales to 38 sales. Next year, we were we were maxing out on our time, both Joanna and myself doing the 38 sales. So we went and hired somebody and we went from 38 sales to 100. And in that, those first two years, I really got down in me that goal setting is a winning strategy and it actually works. And uh, the other thing was, if you get good people working with you, you can do more, um, you know, with three people, you can more than double your business than with two and, you know, ongoing. So if you find talented people, you can really make more of an imprint and, and impact uh, for, you know, in, in your business. And we scaled the team up to largest real estate team in, in uh, uh, for Royal Page for five years. And then we transitioned out of Royal Page. Uh, it was about four years ago into Ferris uh, Real Estate Brokerage. I uh, continued to grow. And a couple of years ago, uh, COVID hit. And uh, I had been running the team from um, really my, my home office. Uh, around that period, I was selling right, right before that, I was selling very much hands-on, 150 homes a year while leading the team. And really had to figure out this question mark of how do you break through ceilings with a business when you're hit, hitting a ceiling? And the second is, what's the scorecard of a CEO? Those are the big two questions that I really wanted to answer. So a transition out of selling myself into the CEO role, learned how to how to scale companies and what a CEO should do. And we continued growing and, and then COVID hit. And, uh, and then so we picked up and actually got a place down in, in Florida. The kids, are, we have three boys are going to school down here now. And as I was down here, we started looking at real estate investing down here. And uh, the deals up in Canada stopped cash flowing. And uh, there's also, it was very hard navigating the, the landlord tenant board uh, uh, landscape. You know, you're, you, you just, you can only raise by 2% market rent is significantly higher. So down in, we found down South that it was a, it was much easier to navigate from a, a landlord perspective and the deals were just way better. So, um, that's where we this whole idea of Ferris Capital uh, vertical of the business came into play. And uh, we thought, you know, if, it, if we're going through those same problems in Ontario and Canada, what if we created a tax efficient structure for Canadians to get into investing in the larger multifamily 100 unit plus deal? So it's like flipping homes, but we flip apartments. And so we've opened up that vehicle there for Canadians to easily invest in these hundred unit uh, apartments where we're returning five to 6% cash flow distributions on an annual basis. And then we sell, we project it to return 20% annualized return. So very strong on that side. Well, the success that you've created for yourself is pretty amazing. And you, you, you revealed a lot here. So let's unpack it step by step. Okay. So Canadian boy, growing up on a farm, hockey was your dream, man. And you went, you played pro for a couple of years, but that door closed for you. A lot of people would have been mired in self-doubt, would have been upset, would have been not really thinking of moving forward. But you said something very profound. You said, you know, when one door opens, when one door closes, another one opens. How were you able to transition out of this one dream, frankly, dying on you to like saying, okay, I'm going to follow through another path. Was it immediate or did it take you some time? Walk us through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good question, Nikki. I just reflecting back during that time, 
hockey was always the, we'll just say I had blinders on. That was always the the direction I was going. And it wasn't until one evening, because there was about a couple months there, I was looking for another part-time job. I was looking for another hockey team to play for, <clears throat> just figuring out what the next step was. And one evening we were up upstairs at because we, we had to move back into Joanna's parents' home for that window, which was a, uh, we'll say was a hit to the ego uh, when I was recently married uh, to her. Because, uh, you know, Joanna's father, he's like strong Polish businessman, right? So that was the last thing I wanted to do. But we were upstairs talking and Joanna said, you know, you don't have to keep playing hockey if you don't want it. And so as soon as she said that, it was light bulb went off. It's like, you know what? I, I really don't want to do hockey anymore. I don't want to play hockey I, I want to get into real estate and um, it, that was a light bulb moment for sure uh, during that time. And it took that conversation with, you know, Joanna's, she's uh, extremely intelligent, my wife, and has really great uh, uh, wisdom. And so I'd say probably the biggest thing there is speaking with somebody else that's really aligned going through that. Uh, and, and sometimes that conversation can make an impact. And it did in my, in, in, for me. And it, when that happened, that transition, my mission changed. And then I was, it changed trajectory from like hockey was everything to, okay, now I can focus hundred percent of my, my focus over this way. And that was, that was like encouraging. And there's this flush of like energy going towards that, which, you know, really helped catapult through the early struggle phase. That's fascinating to me because you know, Mark, not everybody would know. They'd look at you and they'd go, look at this dude, man. He was like the number one real estate uh, team in all of Royal LePage. And, and, and then he transitioned into his own brokerage and he went from strength to strength. Oh, my God, he must all have everything together. He doesn't go through any anything too, too rough. But the truth of the matter is, just like anybody, you've gone through some adversity. You just found a way to take that adversity as fuel to your next level of achievement. Is that a fair way to put it? That's very fair. And, and uh, you know, if you look at any successful person that really started from ground up, I mean, I think everyone, I mean, in Thinking Grow Rich, he talks about, Napoleon Hill talks about like the 500 guys that he interviewed. They, they Each and every one of them, they basically, they were one step, like they were about to give up and they took one step further and that's where they hit success because it was so brutal. And so I, I think that there's an element of going through a testing phase of, you know, do you really have what it takes to, to, to make it? I mean, one day Joanna came home at the beginning and she's like, Mark, I didn't have enough money in the account to buy groceries, to buy milk today. And like that, that was, that's not, we'll just say that that's in my eyes, that wasn't an acceptable place to remain. So it was extreme motivation at that point. Uh, a really strong motivator to to change that situation. That's that's pretty incredible. When you say that to me, I go, "Wow, this is an exceptional woman that you have uh, in your life." And I know Joanna, and I know she's an exceptional woman. But you know, not everybody here knows you personally like I do. So they're getting a window into your into your life and into your soul. Joanna has been a strong part of you creating the success with Ferris Team and Ferris Capital Partners. What she did for you. When you were um, in that moment of, oh, what am I going to do, man? It's not working. Is She sat with you and she saw the angst you were going through. And she said, and I wrote this down, you don't have to play hockey anymore if you don't want to. She almost like gave you permission to 
close that chapter of your life and move forward. And I think that speaks to the importance of having a strong partner in your life. You know, you and Joanna really aren't just um, business partners. You're incredible life partners. She, she's been a key part of helping you move forward, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's where, I mean, that's right there, you know, circling in the, the Bible. It's like where two or more are gathered in my name, like, you know, I'm amongst them. And that's the whole idea there. When you have two people going towards something in agreement, to me that this is this is like uh it's it's very hard to beat that you know and in my case joanna joanna and i like we're both very um we'll say passionate um and joanna's definitely not one to hold back if she if she believes something or thinks something and that's actually through the years has polished me as not only as a business person but as a human being as well uh you know what's right what's wrong and and in the sense of from a business, uh, not only I mean, primarily from from like a quality or excellence standpoint, like the bar is quite high. And anytime for me, you know, it's like okay, let's move to the next item. She's like, this is how it has to be. So that's been that's been really great, you know, through through the years and really hold holding you know each of ourselves, um, primarily her holding me. Um, up to that that higher standard, which is uh, to really help grow me. And and for those that are listening out there, you know, I don't necessarily. I think having your spouse uh, as part in in agreement in what you're doing is like it's it makes things a world of difference, right? But so for those of you that are listening, if they don't have that that spouse, I think that that can be a really strong friend. It can be a strong business partner, or Nikki, in your case, it could be a really strong advisor. You know, you're like a coach that there's a agreement there. Um, I do think that that, you know, that also can play a really uh, strong part in anyone's success. I, I agree with you. I agree with you on all those counts. And I think a lesson, especially for a, a younger man or woman listening to this is take a lot of time in picking your life partner. Make sure you pick the right person. I think that's really, really important because if you pick somebody who's in alignment with you, you're going to have a fantastic life. Uh, as a man, it just motivates you to go out there and work harder for your family and move things forward. And as a woman, you're going to have somebody beside you who believes in you and wants to see the best happen for you. You don't want to be with somebody that isn't in alignment with you and is constantly going to be giving you negative feedback. So I think this is an important lesson for younger people to uh, pay attention to. 100%. Yeah. And, and just to build on that point, I think the right partner, actually, it's very clear they make you a better person. And I think that's like a really good, you know, filter is does this person make me a better person or not? Um, you know, I can say resounding yes for me with Joanna. And I think that, you know, for those that are out there asking the questions, is right or not? Like, when they're around, are you a better person with them, uh, with them around or, or not? And I think that's a really good filtering question. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Good stuff. So let's unpack some more of what you said. So you decided to get into real estate and you said the first six months were like hell. They were tough. So talk about that. What had you stay the course and not give up? I think because 
I mean, if, if initially it was putting food on the table, right? We did contemplate me getting a part-time job, even working maybe, you know, at a construction site. We talked about that, but like, I didn't have any sort of like plan B, like I was all in at that point, like, and really what it came down to is, is just making that extra, that extra call that, you know, waking up early, you know, go every opportunity, not messing on because like there was a necessity, it, it had to be done. And, and so I think that was it. The, the, just putting food on the table, that was the, the big motivator. We saw that we had something good. We saw that we had, you know, there were clients out there that needed really great service and we felt we could, you know, do that a lot better than what a lot of, uh, the, a lot was that was being offered. And, uh, so we believed in ourselves that we had it, but I think it was that early motivation was to, you know, put food on, on the table. And then once we started getting some success and well, the other thing is, is, you know, having Joanna's father, that was motivating as well to prove to him that I could provide for Joanna. That was also very uh, motivating. Um, and, and it got to a point where, you know, we were, we were fine with putting food on the table and then, you know, what was that next kind of motivator? Um, and for me, it was like, it was, it was, you know, there was like the awards and hitting, you know, certain, certain numbers within the company that was motivating for me. And so that's where I think that, I think that setting, there's two parts to this here, Nikki. I think that if you think of a car, right, you, you, you need a GPS of your, where you're going. So you need a destination. So you need coordinates, which means specific. So for me, hitting that 40 sale goal was very specific that I, that's something that I, I, you know, on a regular daily basis was going in like constant prayer and goal, like repeating out, you know, loud prayer out loud is going over a goal card really, which is like, for me, it's like prayer card. And the, the 40 sales was the, the GPS of the destination, the motivator, the gas really for me was the, was the, you know, the two items that I'd mentioned. One is like putting food on the table, providing, and the other one is making her father, like showing her, showing him that I could, you know, provide, um, that was early. And then from there, you know, spun into, you know, wanting to kind of climb my way up, uh, within, you know, the organization from, uh, from like, uh, you know, awards standpoint. So I, I think that for everyone, everybody has different motivators. I don't think that there's a wrong answer. It's like whatever fuels you take, like go after it. Um, and you know, it could be financial, it could be, you know, charity could be, you know, whatever that is, um, you know, use that I think as, as fuel. And I think that motivator changes over time. Um, but it's regardless, you need very clear coordinates of where you're going uh, from like a specific goal standpoint to plug in the GPS. Otherwise you could be motivated, but you're going round and round in circles. Yeah. Amen. A hundred percent. You need to have both. And I think that that's a really good analogy to call the goal, like the GPS and the motivation, the gas, the fuel to get you there. I like that. That's really, really good. So Mark, I know that you've shared with me that a big part of your success in the early days was you met a, um, a business mentor, a fellow by the name of Chris leader, whom, um, was at the time doing a lot of coaching in the world. And 
he he did a talk. I think you you told me this uh, back in 2014. God, 10 years ago. You and I met 10 years ago. Can you believe that? Time flies. And you, you told me that um, you went up to Chris and you said, okay, man, um, I'm in, but I just need to know. Look me in the eye and tell me if I do everything you coach me to do, is this going to work? And you said, he looked you in the eye and he said, yep, you do what I tell you, this is going to work. And you said, okay, I'm all in. How important was that in helping you really refine your approach and hit your target. Yeah. So there, you know, we, we, it, we're building on, you know, strong foundation, you know, from a, from a goal standpoint, you got your motivator, but then, you know, from there, I, I think that it's really important. If you want to get ahead, you got to realize that other people have gone to through and, and through where you started to where you want to be. People have gone through that and they've learned, and they've written and there's instructors out there that can can shortcut your learning curve and so that was one thing right off the bat that was that was a lot of wisdom was you know i invested in in education and instruction and so that check that 500 dollars last you know five last 500 that i had um you know this is around the time where we're not pulling in groceries right like that we're, we were late and uh don't get me wrong we were eating but it was just joanna coming home that day there was there wasn't in the account because we had maxed out her ten thousand dollar credit card but giving that five hundred dollar check that showed the we'll just say the importance that i felt was was at the time to be able to do that right and that's where you know having somebody there on the other side that can actually deliver is what i was looking for and it just so happened that that's exactly what i needed it was basically a 10-week accountability course week over week, uh, which drove a lot of points through as in here's instruction, but then take quick action on the things that we've, we've learned. And then they monitor it or track the results the following week. So it was a week over week accountability, which is extremely beneficial. I mean, it's, it's, it's effective, uh, because, you know, one of the problems with education is that you can learn, but if you don't implement, then it really, you're no better off, you know? And, and that's one thing that I've learned is, you know, when I read a book, for example, I'll listen to it on Audible, speed it up to about 1.7. I'll have the physical book in front of me and I'll have a pen. And so I'm speeding through and I'm right underlining the key points that I like. And, and then what happens when I've done the book, I'll go back and I'll extract those key points and curate the summary and then put a, a, an action list together from that book. So I'm going in extracting those key points and then acting on it. And so that, that to me is the implementation part of learning. And I think that that key, like, you know, learning, taking action and then reflecting and then doing it again, that flywheel concept is what top producers do. They, they learn, they have a high degree of urgency with implementation, they act quickly, they learn quick, quicker, because you you learn the most when you do, right? And actually better than that, if you teach it, but if you do, you you learn a lot, right? And so that, that course was uh, not only having faith in investing in it, but then the, the key kind of lessons along the way with that accountability course I shared, you know, as I just shared, were really practical at that time for me. I got to tell you, Mark, one of the reasons I interview uh, folks like you on this show is selfish for me because I always take notes. 
I always learn at least one thing that I can implement. So this way of consuming books, I'd never ever dreamed of doing this to actually listen to the book, 1.7 speed, have the physical book and the notebook. So I have the physical book and the notebook, but I never thought to listen to it too. That's going to drive it home super powerfully. So thank you. That, my friend, was very valuable for me. That's that, that's a that's a ten thousand dollar tip right there. So God bless you. And I'll tell you this: this is Nikki to Mark as, as your friend and sometime coach in some things. What you just did with the actionable summaries. Once you've written them down, go get your team, record yourself on on video, read it off, share this with the world as part of what you what you give to the world because I think. Nobody's doing this with books right now. Nobody, okay? Quick summaries. And definitely share it with key members of your team. Your team is going to love you for this. But I think you're going to get a lot of eyeballs that wouldn't normally necessarily find you by doing this book summary thing. People people that could be good investors for Ferris Capital Partners. So that's my 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 suggestion for you. <laughs> yeah, there's wisdom. There's wisdom in what you said. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so you... You had this on faith and you were motivated. You took action. You invested in yourself, even though it was your last $500, it paid off for you. And you never look back. You did 40 sales the one year. You did 100 sales the second year. You ended up becoming the number one uh, realtor in all of Canada for Royal LePage. And Royal LePage, for the non-Canadians listening to this show, is the biggest real estate brokerage in Canada. That's a big deal right? That's a huge, huge deal. So Mark, tell me, um, how did you go from that to deciding I need to be my own man? I need to have my own brokerage because that's another huge 10x leap. So how are you thinking about that? Yeah. So roll a page. We, I really enjoyed my uh, tenure there with uh, roll a page. I mean, they have great leadership, Phil Soper, uh, you know, it's a great organization, has really great uh, culture and, um, you know, high quality uh, brand for sure. It really just came down to, for us, um, it was just, it was a financial decision for us um, because, you know, based on what we were, we were getting, um, we felt that we could replace it and, and do a couple things uh, that were being external. We could bring them in house. And so, we wouldn't have gone to say another company. It was just that company was great and they provided really great service um, during that time frame. So that that's it. I mean, there was, I can't say anything negative. They was, they was great. I, and I, you know, so, so for me, that's where it was all about getting the right people. Right. And so I had the right people from a broker of record to strong leaders. So I would never dreamed of, of transitioning it unless I already had that, that infrastructure in place. And so uh, we had that. And so that's where, you know, it gave a, uh, a high degree of, of uh, we'll, we'll just say peace um, with making that transition. But I can tell you, it's not an easy transition when you got like, we had thousands of, you know, Ferris, Ferris team, roll the page to transition to Ferris, Ferris team, real estate brokerage. Like it, it was a big transition. Um, we had like hundreds and hundreds of signs that all had to be. So regardless, it was uh, it was it was more of a building the infrastructure first, so we weren't winging it. If that makes sense, it totally makes sense, and I understand it was a financial decision. 
but for you, it it's what really allowed you to make the leap into the next level in Ferris Team's growth, and frankly, being able to transition to Ferris Capital Partners because it it opened up the way for you to do that. If you stayed with Royal LePage, you would need to probably jump through some hoops to be able to get Ferris Capital Partners going. So it was a decision of of faith again and a decision of of taking the next level in your growth. What I see in your career, Mark, why I'm interested in, you know, uh, interviewing you today is because you're somebody who's made these hyper leaps in your success every couple of years. So can you just walk me through your thinking around that as you transition from being an agent, essentially, which is what you were, to being a business owner and a CEO? Well, yeah. And, and let me maybe qualify the financial part of that as well was like for us, growth was a big part um, of our culture. That is one of our core values over at Ferris team. And so with that, there were new markets that, you know, we, we wanted to grow into and we were actually serving there, but there, it, it was just, there was more of that constraint, which actually, you know, tied to a financial element, but also tied towards our mission of helping more people as well. So, but like you had mentioned though, as well, it does, it does help transition to say, you know, you are your own, you know, your own, uh, from a branding standpoint that really helped, but then from a business, uh, business standpoint, um, you know, running your own business from start to finish is there was, there was definitely growth that needed to happen, which I did, you know, we learned a lot through that period as well. And, and ultimately you're taking more respond, more responsibility with that because the buck stops with you. There's nobody else that can kind of help you at that point. Um, so, which then goes back to that infrastructure, um, and the right people, because you try to do that on your own and you're going to get railroad. Like to me, it's just, there, there's, there's too many things that need to be done and there's different skill sets needed in order to properly execute so that your clients are not only not getting let down, but they're actually happier um, based on, you know, the, the, the move, any moves that, that are made in this case was transitioning to our own brokerage. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that because I, I think for someone listening to this, to understand the rationale and the thinking behind your decision-making to make these, these strategic leaps forward is very important because they might be thinking for themselves, well, how am I going to take my business from X to 10X in the next couple of years? Well, one way that you do it is you need to be willing to let go of the old. Because as you said, you you had a great relationship with Royal LePage. Great team, great leader, Phil Soper, great guy. I know Phil too, fantastic guy. The culture is awesome. If you had stayed at Royal LePage, it would have been a fantastic life. Nothing would have gone wrong for you. Everything would have gone right. But you had a bigger vision. Growth is a key value for you. And in order to be able to step into the new, you need to be able to let go of the old. You need to take that step forward with with confidence and with faith. And I got to say, Mark, that's one of the things that I've noticed about you in all this time that we've known each other. And it was why I was keen on interviewing you today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. So you've made the transition. Uh to Ferris Team Brokerage, and then the opportunity opens up for you to really um, go to the next level. And the next level looks like doing something beyond buying and selling real estate. Ferris Capital Partners, walk us through how 
you were excited by that opportunity and how you decided to move forward with that and turn that into a success. Yeah. Well, just to rewind a little bit, when I jumped into selling real estate, I, I, for me, initially, the main, we'll say, uh, motivation was to learn more about real estate investing. I thought, what better way to learn about real estate investing than to become an agent? Now, I just so happened to really love selling real estate. It kind of spun into that. And we ended up growing. We did invest along the way. And so I saw personally the benefits of investing in real estate. So we were investing in single family homes. We were buying our office buildings. We were buying, you know, the smaller multifamily, six, 10, 14 unit buildings. And we were seeing success. And so, um, yeah, two big problems came. One was, you know, the, the rent control and the other was deal stop cash flowing. So it became harder in Canada to, in particular in Ontario, to navigate. And so I just, when we came down South, I just saw there was a huge, I, I knew the demand. There was a need for something better for real estate investing, something that could cash flow and have really strong upside. And then, and then I saw the product, <laughs> I saw the supply. And so what really, I just needed to figure out a way, how do you marry those two together? Because there's a lot of complexity for Canadians to come down and buy real estate on their own. There's potential you know, t adverse tax consequences if you don't do it right. There's different pockets you don't want to buy in, right? And you want to make sure that you buy right. And so that's where the gap was one, education, and then two, a proper team to be able to execute on that, which really tied together like that next kind of mission, you know, the best real estate experience in the world was always the, the, the purpose or the mission for Ferris team. It's like a more of an aspirational, how can you get there? Well, you collect feedback and you take one step closer there each and every week towards, you know, what you believe is best in the world by collecting feedback and improving it. And then to flip over on the other side, how could we do the same thing on the investing side? best investing experience in the world. That is very attractive to me because when we, you know, get to the end of my life and, and I, we, we look back for me, I, I want to be able to, to look back and say, you know, what we created, I created, we created something that, that we can be proud of something that really made an impact. And, and so for me, it's not about having a hundred different businesses. It's about having like a few really solid ones. And for me, it's like, you know, the, the real estate sales love that that's worthy. And the other one is, is investing, um, you know, for real estate investors that want to do, you know, successful business people that want to invest in real estate and really kill it in those two businesses. And so that, that was exciting for me and, and why I've been putting my main focus and energy into, to building that from ground up. Wow. That is a fantastic summation of why you decided to get into this space. And I, I love your uh, focus as a key value on providing the best real estate experience in the world and wanting to figure out how to provide the best investing experience in the world. I like that a lot. In fact, I'm going to take that and I'm going to bring that into our work and say, how do we provide the best uh workshop experience in the world? How do we provide the best coaching experience in the world? These are really good questions, worthy questions to ponder and to 
work hard to answer. So thank you again. I've learned a couple of things from you on how, how to read a book properly, <laughs> really, for absorbing the material, but also how to um, really create aspirational values that excite me and excite everybody around and drive them forward. And I think listeners listening to this, if if they do those two things out of listening to this episode, it's going to move their business and frankly, their life to a whole new trajectory forward. So Mark, uh, I got to tell you, man, you could put a little uh, online coaching program for people <laughs> that you could record some videos on and put it out there with this. this is a Sure. And that's a really good one. I'll say it again. It's a noble cause to build a great company. Companies that are worthy of serving people with excellence by Jim Collins. Oh, that, that to me is something that is, is, uh, that's like a very strong calling. Um, and, uh, that to me, I, I that that summarizes a, a lot of kind of how it sits in me um, on what we're doing here. I like it. I wrote that down, man. That's good. I'm glad you said it twice because it gave me time to like uh, write it down and, and really properly capture it. That's excellent. Um, you know what, uh, Mark? What fascinates me about you as a businessman is that you started off uh, with humble beginnings and you had big aspirations for yourself and you took action to move yourself forward. Last year, um, I made a decision to tackle my health and fitness. I used to be a top fitness coach and I, um, over a 12 year period got out of that field and just every year got a little bit fatter to the point where last year, February 2nd, I looked at myself in the mirror with my shirt off, my belly hanging over my belt, and I was disgusted with myself. And I made a decision in that moment that I need to stop lying to myself. I'm not a fitness coach anymore. I need help. I hired a coach who had worked with people in my age range. And over a six-month period, I lost 58 pounds. So I went from being fat to fit. And uh, it's pretty crazy. You did a good job. I saw some photos there, Nikki. Very, very good. <laughs> Tell you what I learned from that. I learned that big goals are are possible and that the way to achieve big goals is to just make a decision that I'm going to go for it and then execute relentlessly, just relentlessly. And in fact, the fact that I was going for a really big goal is what motivated me to execute relentlessly. And I just thought to myself, you are playing way too small in way too many areas in your business, in certain relationships and what you're trying to do with, with your kids and so forth. So that motivated me to start thinking differently. And so inside our business, I, I think I just told you before we got on that, that my coach said, we're going we're gonna to do an event between Christmas and New Year's. I'm like, okay, normally I wouldn't do this, but all right, let's do it. That event was so successful because we did a fantastic job. People had an incredible experience and everybody signed up for our, our next level programs, right? The, the enrollment opportunities. That was amazing. We've had a whole bunch of new clients come in through the business. 
And my oldest son is now doing his darndest to go get himself uh, a soccer opportunity to play professional soccer next year. So fingers crossed that that'll happen. And I decided that losing the weight wasn't enough. I, I was going to actually enter a bodybuilding competition, a master's bodybuilding competition. So I'm doing that in July. And I put back on a bit of muscle. So I'll hopefully soon be ready to show some pictures of that. And it's exciting for me because I realized that I've been playing small. And what's fascinating to me about studying you and how you approach your business is you set yourself goals that excite you to the point where execution for you becomes relentless and you don't stop. You just keep going. And I really appreciate having an insight into your thinking on this because I think people need this. And as I said, if you ever wanted to take some of the stuff you shared in this podcast episode, feel free to, because I think you could put together like a four module, half an hour to an hour long video course and put it out there for people. They could really learn from this and benefit from this. This is good stuff, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Two questions. The the masters, what's the age there for masters bodybuilding? Just, just curious. Like what's the, what's the barrier there to get into that for anybody listening out there? Like that might be something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I that. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I love I I love that because that you got it almost it scares the crap out of you. I got a deadline, and actually, it's funny going back to the hockey days. I knew if I wasn't training because you'd fight, you have to fight the odd time, right? So if you weren't training in the gym, you're going to get your head kicked in. So like that little bit of fear is actually a very that's a very good thing. And then the other thing I'll, I'll just kind of circle back. Cause you said something smart. You said, you just keep on going. We, we actually did, um, we, we supported this charity this one time and, and, uh, as part of it, we actually got to meet, uh, Donald Trump and we're in line. Um, we're in line waiting to, you know, meet him and shake his hand. And, you know, regardless of whether you're, you're, you know, you're, you, you like him or not, the, the guys and the guy's like, a, he's extreme success in business. I mean, not only that, I mean, Paul, like, you got to give it to the guy. He's, he knows a thing or two. Okay. So there's a lot of, there's wisdom there for sure. And so I'm waiting in line and I'm like, what on earth am I going to ask him? I'm going to have a few seconds, you know, not, you generally, it's not like this big, long conversation, right? Cause they move you along pretty quick. You get a photo and you move on. I thought, what, what am I going to ask him? And, uh, Nikki, so what came was uh, uh, when I go up, I, I, I shake his hand, we get a photo, and I said, uh, Mr. Trump, thank you. I said, you, you are the, you're one of the most resilient guys that I know in the world. I said, how do you become more resilient? And guess what he says? Thinks about it, looks down, he thinks about it, and he looks up at me and he says, well, I just keep on going. And that was his answer. And, and the, the, the thing is, I thought about it after, and there was such wisdom in what he said, because the reality is, is that, you know, going back to that book, Think and Grow Rich, they, that majority of successful people, they were about to give up, but they kept on going. And that, so that wisdom applies true to all these other successful people. It applies definitely to, to my, my case, 
Um, you're just on the verge and most people would give up, but he, his wisdom says to just keep on going and you're going to get through. And so that, that's where I just want to, you know, the listeners that are, that are listening there, if you are going through and you're thinking about giving up and that's like, you, you're putting everything you, you're going, just have faith and keep on driving through because majority of the times, and this is what was shared in the book, Think and Grow Rich was right around the corner. You can't see it. You got to keep going to get to peak around the corner is, is success. And there's some big break coming around the corner, but you got to be able to push through at the worst possible time when you feel like giving up, when everybody is like against you and that like that there's some, there's something really special in that moment. If you can keep driving through and, and taking steps, uh, just as Mr. Trump had said, that's very powerful. And that, that comes through in what you uh, shared with us today in terms of uh, how things were going when you got started in real estate and you had the opportunity to uh, quit or invest in yourself. You chose to invest in yourself and keep on going. Uh, how things were going for you when you were at Royal LePage, when you had an opportunity to decide whether to stay and continue to be number one there or start off in your own brokerage and how it was for you when you went from having your own brokerage to also having Ferris Capital Partners, an entirely new company within your stable of companies. So kudos, man. Kudos. You just kept on going. That might be the title for the episode. I've been thinking about, well, what should we call this episode? There's a few things we could call it, but that might just be it. How to just keep on going on your way to success with Mark Ferris. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever you think, Nikki, you're a smart guy. So So. So, Mark, if folks are listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, well, I'm a Canadian, uh, I'm interested in finding out more about how to invest in, in uh, U.S. real estate. And I like the types of returns that Mark was talking about earlier. Uh, what's the website again? How do I get in touch with you guys? How do I book a call? Blah, blah, blah. How, how do they do all that? Yeah. So you can go on. Yeah. So Ferris Capital Partners, just search it up on so Instagram. Uh, you know, you can go on FerrisCapitalPartners.com. Uh, You'll see our website there talks a little bit about, uh, you know, who we are. You feel free to reach out. You can go actually on our Instagram page or go on our website and you can actually book a call uh, with myself and we can talk a little bit about, you know, what you've been bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they. I, I found it, and when you're ever you're investing, we we do have a hundred thousand U.S. minimum. It is a very, it's a really important to be able to you know fully understand how we're getting these types of returns in these deals down south. And there's always a lot of questions, especially on that first investment. Generally, on the second and third, uh, you know, you're you're caught up to speed on on how how we operate and how we're getting those returns back. Uh, we we do have a live deal. I'm not sure when this is going to go uh, go live here, Nikki. But within four weeks, it'll be, it'll be live in in four weeks. Well, uh, may there's may still be an opening, but we are we're doing our fourth deal. We just launched in Charleston, it's 144 units, Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, but regardless whether this deal is filled, uh, very likely by that point, um, by the time you're listening to this, you listeners out there. Uh, feel free to to, to uh, just reach out to us and FerrisCapitalPartners.com and and you know book a call and and just get on our, our mailing list because what happens when we get a new deal alert 
uh, new deal coming in. We send out a new deal alert and you'll be the first to know about it. These are extremely rare deals. We're getting these off market deals based on a relationship with their broker. We're seeing, we're seeing 27% discount in price from the peak of the market and with very strong uh, upside in these particular deals. So um, yeah, more than happy to, to talk and answer any potential question, questions your, your listeners have. Brother, this is a big deal. Um, I, I'm going to just say this. I'm going to speak to my listener directly. Mark Ferris is the real deal. And I'm telling you, th- this man is a CEO of a multi, multi, multi-million dollar company. The fact that he's opening up his calendar to say he'll speak to you is a big deal. So if, if you have $100,000 to invest, so don't just call him to take up his time. But if you have $100,000 to invest and this is something that's of interest to you, I can't say enough about this is a good man. You can trust him. I trust him. You should absolutely take advantage of what he's offering. We're going to make sure we put that in the show notes so you can book a call with him. And uh, Mark, after we're done with the interview, I'm going to make a couple connections for you that I think can open up some, some doors for you to some Canadian investors. So hang around for a minute if you can. Um, and as you know, as I warned you at the beginning, we end off each episode by asking you to give us your top three expert action steps. These are your three best pieces of advice to help my listener take on success. So do it like kind of bullet bullet point form style. What say you? Yeah. Okay. So first I'd say, if you look back 10 years ago till today, you probably wish you would have bought more real estate. The next best time is today. So uh, that's going to be something that I want to encourage because probably 10 years from now, you'll look back at today and say, I wish I would have bought more real estate. It's made 90% of millionaires real estate is definitely the place to invest your money to help it grow. So you're not having to work, you know, the rest of your life. That, that'd be the, the number one thing I'd say. Uh, if you do that one thing, you just even buy an extra house or an extra investment property. That one step has made more millionaires than, than anything else just by buying more real estate. The, 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 the second thing I'll say is that getting education or investing in yourself is the highest, Warren Buffett talks about this a lot as well. It's the best investment you can make. So whether it's investing in a coach, uh, buying a book and learning. And then the the key though, with that point is to take quick action with what it is you're learning. The worst thing you can do for Nikki is hire him as a coach, listen to his counsel and his feedback on action items, and then not implement. That is, if you do implement, you want to give him the best, right, Nikki? Like the best sort of compliment or you want to thank him in a way is like go and execute on the 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 wisdom that he imparts to you and come back and say, I did exactly what you said and here are the results. That's going to encourage Nikki as a mentor to want to pour more into you versus, you know, trying to be a babysitter and coax you along into doing the, the thing, right? So you want to compliment whoever's giving you counsel go and do the thing and come back and let them know you executed. Because I can tell you, I've given lots of advice with books and, and it's extremely rare, extremely rare that I ever get a note following back up. Say, I read that book. Do you have a next one? Or I implemented what you talked about. Here's the results that I got from that. And, and for the one-off times that I get them, it's like, it's a real gift for me. Um, it makes me want to give more, right? That's a, that's a big one. Yeah. 
And then the next thing I'll just say is like, get clear what your goal is and what you want. Um, specific, not generic. And I think that applies for everything that you do intentionality on a specific. So like, for example, your quarterly goal, do you know once, do you know clearly what it looks like when it's completed? So your quarterly goal. So that's why it needs to be measurable. So at the end, you can say, yes, I hit it or no, I didn't. So your yearly goal, instead of like, I want to learn a lot, getting very clear and specific and writing it down and going over on a daily basis. So if anybody asks you what your goal is, you don't need to think you need, don't need to go and, you know, look for it. You it's, it's there that you've been going over on a regular basis. So very specific on what it is that you're going after. It creates clarity in your mind and it, it, it is extremely effective for any sort of results oriented uh, mission that you're on. Mark, I love this. This is fantastic. These are three fantastic expert action steps. I wrote them all down. Uh, yes, invest in real estate, 100% invest in yourself, 100% listen to what your your mentor slash coach slash peer group tells you to do. And yes, the more specific you are, the more clear you are in your goal, uh, the more likely it is to come alive. <laughs> you know, the more vague you are, the less likely it is to come alive. Vagueness begets vagueness and specificity begets specificity. So really, really well said. Brother, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, this this has been a long time in the making. I'm glad we were finally able to do it. God bless you and uh, can't wait to have you back, man. So this when, episode when you, has been uh, brought to you by EcircleAcademy.com. The proven system to Sounds add great, six Nikki. to seven a figures a yeah, year to your thought And that wraps practice. up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Mark Ferris, Go to the show notes at the Thought Leader Revolution or wherever you happen to listen to this episode. And I can't emphasize this enough. Jump on a call with this man. Really, it's worth your time to do that. So please, please, please take advantage of that. Until next time, bye-bye.